Lightcasting Network. People don't focus on this aspect as much about the Catholic records, but you can use it to like for creativity purposes. You can go in there and access energy from your previous life where you were a musician or an artist or some other type of skill and bring that energy in. And you can also write a book, go into your records, open the records and write a book. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as Enlightenhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday. If you are in the Midwest or the East Coast, and you are getting the same monster snowstorm that we are getting at the moment, I hope you are warm. I hope you have a lot of good snacks and a good book. And let's just pray that the power does not go out. I am so excited for today's episode. You know that I love nerding out about all the spiritual stuff. And today we are talking all about the Akashic Records. But first, I wanted to share a channeled message with you that I received in meditation. And so many times when I receive messages like this, it comes in with just such this profound, you know, emotion attached to it. But it's also this simple, duh, I know that, obviously. And and I love those ones that just hit you right in the heart, like, wow, wow. And that was one of these things for me. So think about it. You know I'm a mom and as our kids grow, they're changing every single day. They are evolving every single day. Each day they are a new version of themselves that they were not the day before. They are constantly evolving, learning, transforming. We don't shame them for that as parents. This growth and this evolution is seen as a normal part of life. But when did we decide that we stopped growing? When did we decide that we were done evolving? We keep getting older. We keep learning more things. When did we decide as adults that the learning and the evolution stopped? And how did it become this thing that is intertwined, you know, with fear of judgment and fear of change and fear of stepping into our own power. It's kind of silly, don't you think, that somewhere along the way we lost we lost that really natural 
organic, accepted version that growth and evolution is happening every single day and it's okay and it's completely natural. It's hard as an adult, right? Because people expect that you're going to be that version of you forever. And it's also hard when you're rapidly changing. And I know for me, it's been so, there is this, you know, shame or guilt or fear, fear of judgment attached to it because even with Enlightenhood and now House of Enlightenhood, I've gone through so many changes and it almost feels exhausting at this point to be like, I've changed again. I've grown again. And not that we have to announce it for the world, but when you're changing at such a rapid pace, it can feel overwhelming in a society where the norm is to announce all of your life milestones. What if we announced all of the healing milestones and all the expansion milestones on Facebook instead of just, you know, the babies and the engagements and the weddings and, you know, the deaths and the goodbyes? What if, what if we celebrated the moments in between and then maybe they wouldn't feel so, you know, awkward to present to the world? Just food for thought, but I can't wait to dive into that deeper of where did we really lose that that celebration of change and growth and evolution is it when you become a teenager when you graduate college when you become a parent when is it I don't know I don't know if you can think of a time in your life where the celebration of growth stopped and you were you were set in stone of who you were meant to be just food for thought on this Monday Anyway, back to the good stuff. Today, I am talking to Laura Byrne about everything you need to know on the Akashic Records. What are the Akashic Records, you ask? You may have heard the term. You may have not. The Akashic Records is basically where everything that has happened in the entire universe, shall I say, is that too bold to say, is energetically stored. I myself have gotten two readings done by Laura and I am so excited to have her on this podcast because it was her readings that was really just the catalyst for so much growth and expansion for me just by little things that she said to me in my readings and I will have all the information in the episode notes so you can book your own Akashic record reading with Laura. Laura is also part of our garden community. So if you want to connect with her in there, but just a little more about her, Laura was always very empathetic and sensitive as a child. And she had an awakening in her late twenties after the birth of her son, when she began seeing those who passed angels and everything in between. Laura found a mentor in the UK and studied with him to learn all about astral travel, remote viewing, energy work, and deeper spiritual truths. After seeing the angels around for a while, Laura also began training in the heavenly realms with Archangel Gabriel, Michael, Chamuel, Uriel, Jophiel, among many others, going to their schools of growth at night. The archangels taught Laura using angel energy work to protect and guide people. When Laura started hearing about the Akashic Records in spiritual circles, she was intrigued and started learning and training. When the archangel started to appear in Laura's readings, this led to creating her own invocation and a way of connecting with them in the Akashic Records. Through all of her experiences and wisdom, Laura developed the Angelic Akashic Records program to share what she's learned with others. 
Her new book, Angelic Akashic Records, is now available on Amazon. So everything you wanted to know about the Akashic Records, what they are, how you access them, how they can help you on your spiritual path, the myths about the records, and so much more will be up right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. Hey, I am very excited to talk about the Akashic Records because I see more and more people becoming aware of them and wanting to know more about their records and having absolutely no idea where to start or even how to tap into their own or find the right person. And you've done two readings for me, which is so funny because I've, I know your voice and you've (laughs) spoken and seen uh, my soul (laughs) and my alien ships. (laughs) And and they've just been mind blowing. And so I just want to dive into all things Akashic records because it has been such an important part of my journey and my, self-discovery and you've just given me so much confirmation that of course we always know that we already have I and so much what you said I I laugh that I'm like I know I know I already know this but why you have to tell me again (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is really interesting what comes out because when I go into this I'm sitting in my room by myself talking I feel like I'm talking to myself and then it's just, okay, I, w- I always ask my angels and guys, please give me the right info, please, you know, because the person's not there. And then I just trust and then say whatever comes out. And some of the stuff, even, sometimes it just shocks me. I'm like, I said that, really? And then after the reading's over, I don't hang on to the info. Mm, so yeah. the records are the, the records are good that way because you have a prayer that opens it. So you, you get on that vibration and get in there, get what you need to get. And then at the end, you have a prayer to close it down. So then it's a really nice way to be, okay, I'm still not in that person's information. Mm, yeah. See, when I try to go into my own, I'm really bad about closing them. And then stuff just starts pouring into my brain. I'm like, oh, I thought I turned you off, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You start feeling something from, and you're like, is that me? <laughs> yeah. I've had that before. And then I'm like, oh, quick, go grab the prayer, close it down. But I guess before yeah. we get into like how, accessing them and what we can find in them. What, what are the Akashic records for anyone listening in may who have heard the term, but have no idea what the Akashic records are? Well, um, the reason why I started looking into them, cause I want to know about my soul history and my patterns and mm. how to like change it, you mm. know, stop doing things over and over. So essentially the Akashic records is a vibrational account of every soul's each own individual journey 
And think of it like a giant library containing the past, present, and future possibilities. Mm. And I like to think of it like the energy of love. Mm. And it includes every action, thought, and word that a soul has been through. And what I've learned is it's not a place where for judgment. It's just a neutral place where here's all everything you've ever done. You can go in there, access it, and work through things if you would like to. Um, sometimes people refer to it of like the book of life. Mm. It's just like another term for the Akashic records. People can get into the records through prayer, intuition, meditation, their dreams, and other methods. Mm. So how did you learn to access the records? Um, I originally took a couple of classes. I went and I had a teacher, uh, Juliet Louie, and she taught Linda Howe's Akashic Record program. Mm. And then from there, we just, you know, did all the hands-on training and things like that. And then later on, several years later, she made her own program called the New Invocation. And so I did that as well. And she inspired me to do my own version, with, which is working with the angels. So it's angelic Akashic Records mm. and made it my own process and classes based off of that. And I just wrote a book for it. That's We're going to release it on Amazon soon. Ooh, so I'm excited. That's so <laughs> exciting. That's so exciting. And I have to say for anyone who wants someone to read their records, I highly recommend you because like we were talking about before, the way that you just present the information. And I know it's just this fluid stream of consciousness coming from the records. And you said you don't remember what you say, but it's just so filled with light and so on point that it's almost scary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. It took a lot of training. So, um, what happened to me is I was always sensitive and empathic as a child, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't till I hit the age of 27 where I had my son and then it was like a door opened and I saw all spirits, angels, everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. So I had to get some serious training. I found a teacher in the UK and I worked with him for years and years. And then that led up to the working with the angels and doing pet readings and intuitive art and Reiki. And then the Kashuk records came last. Mm. So you're getting the fit, you're getting like the finished product of years of training. The icing on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The icing on top. Yeah. That's so interesting because I motherhood is what ripped me back open too. And I'm always so fascinated as of the events in our lives that really just blow everything to smithereens. They're like, Oh, you want it all? Here you go. Even if you're not ready for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It can be, um, it can be like, um, a dark night of the soul that you go through for years. I really had to work through clearing out my emotional closet Mm. and things from my childhood. So I could be a better channel for other people. Yeah. I I start just started recording myself channeling and it's scary. It's really scary and I don't know if I would <laughs> show that to anyone wow. and I I completely get that because there's there's still I kind of have that in between state of consciousness where the ego is still kind of in the driver's seat and that really affects 
the what I say and kind of the the information and how it's received and how it comes out. So I totally get that you kind of you have to make that space through your own healing and your own work. And it's not just like this instant thing that happens. Yeah, you'll see right now there's a big boom and people wanting to be readers and they're practicing all like doing tarot, all these different styles, and they haven't worked on themselves properly. Mm. So then they can end up bringing different things in or I, what I get often is people will come to me and they have like mental conditions because of doing these readings and not properly healing themselves and things like that. Mm. And it, it, it affects your accuracy too. Interesting. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of pressure right now on like intuition and the third eye and using your intuitive gifts to lead. Yes. And the ego that's something like I've been doing this over 10 years. It always comes back. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's always some doubt. There's always something that comes in. Like I'll do a reading and I'll be like, wow, that was good. And then my ego will come in and be like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, you didn't, you know, and then I'm, and then I get nervous and I'm like, "Uh Oh, I hope this fits for the person, you know, but most of the time when I'm doing readings, I try to kind of read through my higher self. Mm. And then I ask my ego to kind of step in the background. Mm. So that's a technique that people can use and see how it works, you know. And I'd like to see some of the stuff that you got from your channeling. So if you want to share that with me sometime, yeah. please do. Yeah, absolutely. I I have to go back through. And I, I do a combination of automatic writing. And then the speaking is just something that I started. But it's... Yeah. It, it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of trust to get to be able to a point where you trust that whatever's coming out is, is, is right. I, I right might not be the right word, but yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not your own. That's the hardest thing I think with intuition and connecting with things like the Akashic record and the angel realm that we can't see is that trust that it's, not our imaginations, which I would argue that it never is, but I feel like sometimes it's like our own perception and then twisted with our own, I don't know, context, ego. I don't know. The yeah. Yeah. It's like we have a filter and that yeah. goes through our filter. Yes. And I try to work really hard on that myself. And what I had to do with these different type of just focusing on techniques and training, what I found is that I just start, when I first started out, I was doing automatic writing for people. Mm. And then I just started, you know, channeling and then I would type it out and send it to people. And then I would get my validation through that. And then I did free readings on Instagram where it was just like people would contact me. And I just, what I found is you have to just keep immersing yourself in readings and helping people to kind of get past that fear. And it can take a while the more confident you are, the better your information is. It takes a while to get to that point. Yeah. And I think that everyone has access to that information too. And it, it it's hard to, to remind people that their own intuition is their truth and the truth for them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very true. So I love so much that in the first Akashic reading that you did for me, that my records were in a yellow spaceship. Um, 
which (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was cool (laughs) which you said at the time that you had never seen before which I felt very you know galactic and awesome um but so when you go into someone's records is it always a different structure does that structure correspond to the person's past life or like part of their soul how does that work well when I first started doing the Akashic reading um people were telling me I don't know the difference. This reading is the same as a regular reading that you've done for me. So I was like, okay, let's make this something special. Mm. So I started using meditations where I was going into a meditation and I would visualize their records. What does their records look like? And sometimes I get a house of some sort, or I've even gotten castles or, or things like that. And then I go inside and it starts out like I, I always visualize a bookstore or like a ancient library. Mm. And then it changes to what it really is. And I do think it's based off of the person's um, personality or what their higher self wants to show me. Mm. And then it just goes on this adventure. Like I could write a book about all the different stories. And it's like, so. have you ever seen Monsters, Inc.? Yes. You know, how they have the doors. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, in those Akashic meditations, the door drops and then it goes into different past lives that usually correspond with what the person's going on now, or it's something they need to work on within themselves. And that's where it gets fun because I never know what story they're going to give me or how it's going to relate. So when we go into our records our i guess our two main purposes to understand to to get to know who we are at a soul level but also healing and healing past as well as present yeah and in between lifetimes mm. recently i've had a lot of people be you know what i want to know what's happening in between the lifetimes the choices i'm making how I, how am i having these parents how am I having these siblings, like people from really rough backgrounds? They're like, what is going on in between that? So those are kind of fun too, because it's interesting for me to see, you know, the experience, like I'm along for the ride. I I think it's uh, really great. So have you seen kind of the other side in people's records? Oh yeah. That's I mean, what, what I first started when um when everything woke up, I was seeing departed people, and it was mostly like mediumship stuff. Mm. And so I started doing lots of mediumship readings, and then I had dreams with them. And I had a, a couple. My mom passed away. My grandpa passed away. My favorite grandpa, and then other people. And then they just started coming to me, and then they talked to me periodically. So then they would tell me about what it's like on the other side. And then I would have experiences where they take me and show me things. And then the angels do it too, because I'm fascinated with them. And so I'm like, what's your life like? What's behind the scenes? (laughs) So I've, I've went with Michael and Raphael have really shown me what they do on a daily basis. So it's it's really cool. What does Archangel Michael do on a daily basis? (laughs) He's in like 4 billion places at once. (laughs) (laughs) He just helps people. It's like I see him go. It's it's kind of like a movie. There's millions of people standing and he's right there. And then he goes and he taps on them like their soul or he mm. sends light to them. Hmm. He does lots of different things. And I've seen Raphael do this too. 
they're the ones that kind of showed me behind the scenes, which I want to write a book about it eventually, but I've kind of drawn the pictures of their lives. So they're a part of the records too. And that's why I made an Angelic Akashic Records book in class because they've shown me most of the stuff they've shown me. They're my main guys. Yeah. So they'll bring me in the, in the hallway, in the rooms, on the adventures. So I feel very safe with them. Whenever I see Archangel Michael, he's just always chopping things with his sword. He just really loves that sword. And he's just like, <laughs> it's almost comical. <laughs> you know, they have personality. It's just, um, what they've told me is, I think you've heard this phrase before, as above, so below. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that they are not all, you know, strict and stern and things like that, they're more loving, more open. I think it's based on the person. So if they see that you're kind of a silly person or like you you're you like to joke around, they'll be that way with you. If you're more serious person, they'll be more serious with you. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all about your comfort. Yeah, because they've come through. They both came through in both of my readings that I did with you. And I see, I think I see Raphael more than I see Archangel Michael just in my general meditations, but I've been working a lot more with like, um, like the Galactic Federation. I have not said that out loud on this podcast before, but, (laughs) um, like with Ashtar and, um, the Palladians. So I, I like them. Yeah. They're, you know, so one of my friends does goes into the records a lot. And she was telling me how you can go into the main library and go like choose a conference room and sit at a conference table with your council of light. And so I did that the other, the other day and they all just looked like little, almost like cotton candy balls of like purple and blue lights, just sitting in chairs. It was kind of comical. Mm. And then the second time that (laughs) I went in, I was actually like stepped off into like a Palladian spacecraft, which was, which has never happened to me before. And so for this year is really the first time I've ever actually, after I had readings with you learned how to go into my own records and understand like, what am I seeing? What can I see? And I'm still such a newbie, but I'm learning just to trust and surrender to everything that happens. Cause it can get kind of crazy in there. Yes. If you go in there and you just kind of sit in the energy and just see what happens. Cause that's what I like to do in readings. I'll go in, kind of sit and see what do they want to show me? What do I need to know? That's where it's really magical. And then you get into your questions and then they make it more specific. But you're unlimited. Like I used to do exercises where I would go into a hallway and then be like, what past lives have I had? And then Mm. I would go into a room and I saw millions of portraits all over the wall. And then you just kind of tune in. So you can use this exercise if you want or anybody listening. You just kind of focus on the portrait and you go into that lifetime. Mm. So it's unlimited. It's just so much fun. That's a, I love listening to how other people visualize it because mine has been like the one of the li- librarians. I don't even know if that's what they're called, like brings me a, a book and it's like part of my records and it just opens to a page of like, OK, what life do I need to see now? But I my hardest part and I know this takes practice is like focusing where it's still everything's still very fuzzy it takes time 
you know, and the method you're using. You know, sometimes you can do exercises to help yourself with the visualization part. Do like memorization games or visualization games, things like that to help you to be more clear and focused in that. And sometimes it's just asking your spirit team and your guides to kind of, okay, I'm feeling a little off or fuzzy. Can you adjust me? Mm. Like a TV screen, Yeah, you know? And then you just keep doing it until you're like, oh, wow, it's better. I get, I get better reception. That makes sense. I, I always try to do that with like, especially when I have the ringing in my ears, something similar, like, can we put it on a frequency that I can understand? Because I think so much of this information is coming at such a high frequency. It's kind of hard to like digest at times. Yeah. Um, I'll be, I'll give you an example for me. I'll be out like at the store grocery shop and all of a sudden I'll get a download and it's like, yeah. (laughs) And you hear that noise and I'm like, okay, they're doing something to me in the grocery store. You know, that happens to me all the time. (laughs) Oh, and back to the Palladians. Um, my experience with them is that they just kind of started appearing to me in my dreams. And then I was, I started asking people around me, who are they? I didn't know they were. And I was like, what can I learn about them? And then I just started getting books and connecting with them in that way. So I feel like they're a good ally to have. Yeah, they definitely are. And I have a a Syrian guide too. She's like my main spirit guide is Syrian. And so what what I've learned from my Akashic records is that I've lived in several different galactic civilizations. And they told me that I'm basically like a galactic ambassador and that I'm backed by so many of them. So whenever I kind of meet with my council, there's a bunch of different star civilizations there but the ones that I own that I really have connected with and understand like can identify who they are the Syrians and the the Palladians that's great I've not I have not talked about this on this podcast before it's- <laughs> <laughs> well I'm glad I'm I'm glad you're coming out of the closet this was nice. <laughs> um, I'll say something about the galactic council is I've had um questions where people have asked me what does the galactic council say about this or that mm. or and it's it's really interesting to like kind of go into a room and there's like a round table and there's all these different types of beings there mm-hmm. you know and I feel like there's so many people here getting assignments doing different work to kind of keep this world in balance to help things to be to evolve to the next level Yeah. And I think one thing that, well, what the Palladians told me too, is that there's so many people who are connecting with different star beings right now, but don't know it. Like they don't know that the downloads that they're getting or those innate feelings that they're having are led by, by their kind of star guides. So if I guess if anyone listening is kind of feeling that pull, but not knowing where it's coming from, it could very well be um, your star guides. Cause I know a lot of people are waking up to their cosmic origins right now, which is fascinating because I, I had no idea until when was it last summer when I had a reading, um, with Amy Sikarski and she channels the council of light and told me all about my galactic origins and my brain exploded. And then you saw my wow. Akashic records as a spaceship. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. But it's, I, I just love so much what we can find out about ourselves and about our soul from the records because it, it houses everything, everything we could ever want to know about our soul and ourselves. And it, for me, it's been really a place of comfort of understanding all these different versions of myself and why things are holding me back in this lifetime and why why this certain person is in my life for a certain reason and what they taught me and why things aren't as they appear or as hard as I thought they are. Yeah. yeah. And what I like to talk about, which is people don't focus on this aspect as much about the Catholic records, but you can use it to like for creativity purposes, you can go in there and access energy from your previous life where you were a musician or an artist or Ooh. some other type of skill and bring that energy in. And you can also write a book, go into your records, open the records and write a book. Um, you, this is a fun one that I like to do is homes. So Ooh. I'll go in and kind of get the energy of a home and then see, okay, what's the personality there? What is, how can the person have a better home? Sometimes I've discovered things were on like uh, ancient burial ground, or there's a reason why there's all this energy in the home. There's a passed over loved one. Somebody's hanging around in the home. It, it's um, something that in my book, I talk about a lot. It, and then um, the other areas is looking at your pets passed over or alive and departed people passed over or alive. You can look at landmarks and public buildings. Like you can, like what I like to do is kind of focus on Egypt and Ooh. I'll look at the image of Egypt and I'll tune in to like the pyramids of Egypt and kind of see what do I need to know or, you know, kind of ask those questions that I kind of look up about the pyramids or the, you know, King Tut or whatever the case may be. Um, this is something you might want to do if you haven't done this already is to open your records and talk about your business and where you've, where you've had it in previous lifetimes as well. Interesting. So basically everything that everything has an Akashic record, Yeah, like the, these tangible, I don't even know the right word, everything, I guess, like buildings, businesses, people, places, pets, yes. plants, objects, objects. Yes. You can, you can go into, this is something that I used to do on a regular basis. It's kind of fun. I would go into like an antique shop or Goodwill and just pick up the items that I was called to. And one in particular was this tea set and it looked like it was from Japan. And so I brought it home and I kind of opened the records and just talked about it. And then um, I saw an image of this older man and who made it in the process of making it and how that tea was such a special ritual. Hmm. for this person so yeah it's it's uh interesting wow it's basically like google but much better and not <laughs> and and not censored <laughs> with without the commercials yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh wow that's fascinating so do you is that just your main modality now to just go into the records and play and do things and explore uh no so I'm a jack of all trades. I like to experiment and learn. So mostly um, it depends on the, like on my Etsy shop, intuitive dreams, people will go in there and they'll get lots of archangel readings. So then I'll channel the archangels mm. and work with them. And then if they want a Akashic reading, I'll do that. If they want a pet reading, I'll do that. If they want to hook into the goddesses, I'll do that. 
it's I've kind of experimented and tried everything and I've gotten to a certain comfort level with it. Mm. But yet most people, I will say like right now, Akashic records are, are hot. Yep. Like everybody wants one. They're like my, I'm like overwhelmed with Akashic readings right now. Yeah. Well, don't say that. I think people are starting to remember there. I think there's so much light coming down right now that it's activating something within people, even if they don't know what it is. I think there's this just, hmm, I think that I'm more than I understand that I am. And it's awakening a lot of people, even if they don't understand why or how or where or what. Yeah. And in 2020, we've had a lot of downtime because of the pandemic and things like that. So it's like Dark Night of the Souls again, all this energy, all these shifts. You know, if you look on the internet, there's a lot of people that do, uh, like on YouTube, they're like, okay, it's time for another shift. (laughs) I'm like, how many shifts can I go through in one month or (laughs) one year? (laughs) How many things can I heal? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I totally... I totally have felt that and I have taken full advantage of this time. And I, the things that I now know about my soul and my past lives from this year is like 99.9% of all the things that I know about myself. I'd say the 0.01% I learned before 2020, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. But it, I think there's just like accelerated awakening right now. And it's really cool to watch. And I mean, you're, you're kind of a testament to that with being overloaded with readings because people are really starting to want answers that about there being yeah. more and them being more than just this human having this experience in a pandemic, you know? Yeah. More people are having experiences that they can't explain. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, please help me to understand why am I seeing this or why am I feeling that? It's, it's like a very sensitive, like there's lots of sensitive energy going on. Can we clear things out of our records to heal them? I've heard that before, but I don't actually know how it works. Well, it's, Essentially, it depends on the person who's doing the reading for you, what they're trained in. Mm. So I, I've trained, I'm a Reiki master, and then I've worked with the angels on, I kind of call it angel light healing. And so when they guide me and they say, hey, Laurie, this person has, has like um, a lot of cords from this relationship with this person and it's preventing them from letting go or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, I kind of follow what they tell me to do. If they say, okay, we're going to bring in this light or this energy and we're going to, you know, cut these ties or, you know, heal the energy from this previous lifetime, then I follow it strictly what they tell me, you know, and then, and then my hands and the energy activates as well. But yeah, it depends on the training of the person who's doing the reading and what they're proficient in. But yeah, you can work on healing. You can work on, cause I've had agendas where I was like, I had something with every home I moved into, there was problems and drama mm. and it ended up, I, I realized that it stemmed from my childhood that was very chaotic. So I wanted to heal that and work through that. So I stopped moving into places where there's bad neighbors or, you know, there's constantly a dog barking outside. So I had to work through that. And they kind of told me, okay, we want you to say this. We want you to bring in this light, work with this being. And then I just did it. And slowly but surely, you know, things shifted. 
You know, sometimes it could take a period of time because it's like peeling back layers of an onion. Mm-hmm. And one, sometimes one Akashic reading will help kind of remove the top layer. Yes. And then you'll feel, you'll feel okay for a while. Like, wow, that was great. And then here comes the rest of it. Now you got to kind of continue to finish and work through it. Yes. And then you'll get to a place where, okay, this is healed. I'm not experiencing this anymore. And I'm happy to report to you that I do live in a peaceful home now. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) No bad neighbors, no money knocking, nothing happening. But it took me a while to kind of, you know, work. I had a little bit of resistance too, and a belief that it couldn't happen. Mm. So you have to work with those belief systems too. And when you finally let go of it, then it's like, oh, wow, the healing starts to begin. Yeah. I think that's such an important point about it, taking off the top layer of the onion. And then you kind of have to do that work to peel it back because your second reading that you gave me very much did that where I think it was Archangel Michael through you told me to start working with Holy Spirit energy. And so ah. I I did, and that blew open the floodgates to to my channeling and to, to my connection. And it was just like one higher dimensional being, like I, people call it like the office of Christ consciousness, you know, like the higher dimensional beings that kind of exist within Christ consciousness. And it was like yeah. one after the other that I was being visited by. And it truly just like changed my whole entire connection to like to divine and to be able to channel. So it's so interesting you say that because it it is, it's kind of like that one, that one, you have to kind of bring awareness to it. And once you have that awareness, you can kind of start to peel back the layers and it's such a useful tool to have. Yes. And essentially, if you want to do this for yourself and you're a current Akashic record, you know, you're look going into your records and things like that, you can start telling them, you know, your angels, your guides and things like that. And the records be, okay, I do want to do some healing for myself. Guide me on how should I do that? And then they, they'll give you your own process. So it may be different than what I'm doing or what some mm-hmm. other person is doing. But it'll be specialized to you and your skills. Mm. I love so much that you said that because I think we get so caught up in what everyone else is doing and all their healing modalities. When really, if we just listen and follow yeah. our intuition, we can it's much more powerful. Well, you know, what I've learned is that I'm, I'm kind of a rule breaker. I like to learn. I'll take a class. I'll learn a modality. I'll learn something. And then I'll be like, okay, I'll get to a point where it's like, okay, I've learned everything I can learn. Now, what else can I do with this? Mm -hmm. Where else can I take it? And then that's what you need to do is ask those questions because, you know, for the Akashic records, there's rules there because it helps us with safety and making sure we're connecting to the right place, you know, or the right vibration. But after you're at a point where you feel comfortable enough, you can go and explore different things. You know, you can add different uh, techniques in with it. So that's what I like to do is I kind of try to learn things the proper way. And then after a period of time, I become comfortable. And then I'm like, okay, yes, what else can we do? What else can we learn? How how can I make this my own? Mm. So for the rules, let's go back to that. For the Akashic Records, one of the rules, right, is the prayer that's said before and after entering. Are, are there more rules? Um, well, some of the rules are about getting the person's full legal name. Mm. And also um, 
not reading for a person if they're not there. Like you need to have permission to go into a record. But you know, in a relationship reading, people want to know about the other person. So there's ways that you can word it. You can say, you know, what's my past lives with this person? What's our soul lessons together? You know, so you can still get information about them, but you can't just like go into their stuff and right. see what's happening. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then uh, in regards to um, focusing on connecting with the full legal name, I'm somebody where I was doing readings before I learned the Kashuk record. So I was connecting with people just off of a first name mm. and getting information. So I kind of have a different perspective on that where I just, you know, I'm not quite a stickler with it. I could, I, I don't need your first name, your middle name and your last name. I could just do it off the first name or right. first or last name and get in there. But I think again, it's for people to feel safe and that they're connecting with the right person. Because I'll tell you, I, let's say five Sherry bought a reading for me. Now in that case, I need, I want their last name because I don't want to end up giving the same one Sherry's reading to five different, you know, four other yeah. people. So sense. that's where it comes in handy. But their teachers and guides know that they're buying a reading from you. So they're going to try and help you to get the right person. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. There's the other thing I heard about the records where, do you know who Ashley Wood is? Um, No. So she reads the Akashic records and she channels this entity called the Pinnacle, which is a collective of Palladians. And they gave her a new, a new prayer to enter, to enter the records. But, but she was saying how, um, because the records are so sacred to be really mindful of, like if you're under the influence of alcohol or drugs or making sure that this is like a really sacred ritual to, to access like your, your soul self. But I, she's the only person I've heard say that. And I've taken a few records or a few classes on the records and I hadn't heard that before. So I didn't know if that was something you had learned, if that was one of the rules or that was something that like her channeling told her. Actually in my class with Juliet, she talked about it. She said, don't use recreational drugs don't be under the influence of anything hmm. because, you know, sometimes people think if they, if they um, use substances, it'll help them to be more open and free and they'll be uninhibited. Right. But that I feel like it could be the danger zone because you're, you're allowing you, who knows what else can come in, mm-hmm. you know, where you you're in the Kashuk records, you're setting up this filter And this prayer helps you to just get to where you need to be safely. Mm. And that's why, you know, like I made my own prayer with the angels. So I have a version with them to get in the records. Mm. And I feel like it's all just a different vibration of where you're going to enter the records, you know, depending on who you're working with, where you want to access. Makes sense. So, yeah, I have heard that. And I, I try to follow it too and teach people that as well. Are there any myths or big misconceptions that you find when people get readings or ask you about the Akashic records? Um, really it's more of like, if someone hasn't gotten a record reading before and they hear all the stuff and they're like, wow, that sounds fantastical. That's hard for me to believe you could look into this and that and the other but they have to get the reading for themselves and then see how, how much of a value it is. 
Mm. So like sometimes there's that skepticism with it. And then I have heard people tell me there's too many rules, Mm. you know, and why do we need all these rules? Like I have people that they've, you know, they're like me, they've done readings beforehand and they can access information without doing the prayers and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's for safety. Mm. <laughs> I just got to, it's for safety. <laughs> you know, it, it helps people to feel comfortable, help you to get to the right place. Um, another thing is about, I've heard like from other people who've gotten readings from different types of readers say that, okay, um, your Akashic reading is different from this person's and they gave me this prayer and this whole process to do before and after they read for me. Hmm. So it just depends on that reader and what they learn. So it's not like one Akashic style is better than the other. It's just the approaches that that particular reader chooses to have towards their readings. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's always important to understand that like each person's connection to that is their own truth and they're going to do it in their own way and then and then give the the information within their own context as well yeah 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 I think that's it's it's so hard it's hard isn't the right word I imagine as a reader but also as someone who's setting out on this path for the first time and really doesn't have that self-trust yet to access the information themselves and relies on people who who can access this information like with integrity it's such a delicate balance I think right do do you find do you have people's guides who say like don't tell them this yet they're not ready (laughs) most of the time you know I've heard it on occasion whether they tell me something so it's like, okay, this is what's happening with the person, but you can't tell them that mm. right now. And so then I'm like, well, what can I tell them? And then they'll tell me things in a certain way, or, you know, the Lords of the Record, your guides, whatever will come in and they'll tell me, say it in this way. Mm. How can I come? How can I say it on their level and the way that they will understand? Yeah. So that's kind of where I come from. But it sometimes I've have had where I went in the records and then a part of it was blocked off mm. and they showed me it being blocked off. And they're like, this person isn't ready to access this information, but they're a part of the angelic realm, you know? So I'm just saying that as an example. Interesting. Um, so that those, those types of things do happen where they'll be like, okay, we're going to tell you this for context. So you can say, you can explain better to the person. Interesting. I imagine. And it's just so fascinating that, from from a listening standpoint receiving your reading I'm just hearing like a fluid stream of consciousness come out of your mouth yeah all these things are happening <laughs> beforehand <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes I have to pause the reading and kind of be okay there's so much going on I'll have to kind of talk to the you know, my angels and guides that help me in the records and say, okay, can we calm it down a little bit? <laughs> so like, what, what do I need to tell them that is most relevant right now? And then they'll bring in that information. I totally understand that because when I get information, like I'm mostly claircognizant and it's just like a zip file and it just like, then it unpacks. I'm like, okay, wait, 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 hold on a second. And just like have to go through each piece of information. Oh, um, something I want to bring up 
that I talked about earlier is when I was on my journey, my, the first part of my journey wasn't really reading for people. It was healing things from my childhood, making space. And the more that you do that, more abilities wake up. So I'll tell you, I started out being like an empath and it was like empath, mediumship. And now all of my senses are open to where I can taste and smell things in the readings as well. Wow. So it's a period of years of just keep plugging away at it, you know, asking more questions, evolving yourself, clearing out your emotional closet. And then I, I feel like people can awake all those senses. I my I think my Claire audience is coming online because last night I was hearing some very weird things that I can't attribute to anything else. <laughs> yeah. Which someone who jump scares easily, it's not the not the best gift to come online right now, but I'll accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it can be scary. You're like, what was that? Is somebody here? What's going on? Yep. You want to ask those questions. Sometimes it's just your guides talking to you or there or you're hearing a part of the conversation. You were a part of it and then you left. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "Okay, what's happening now?" So those are different things that can happen. Yeah. That uh, it's I I think the the clairvoyance is the one that I don't know if I'm ready for like the seeing of the actual like because I can see but I can't see like a a physical tangible thing in front of me and I feel like that would scare me more than like hearing something. Yeah just remember you can always set a filter up you can like kind of call in your your guides and angels and say okay this kind of frightens me can we set up a filter to where I only see love and light. So I did that. I was seeing departed people just come in the room and they're like hanging out. And I'm like, what's going on here? So it can be scary if you're not used to that. But it it got to where it was an everyday occurrence. So I was like, oh, yeah, Uncle Fred's here, you know. But beyond that, I set up a filter of of like, okay, I don't want to see anything but my angels. So I physically see them in the room. Or they come up to me or like the part, like my mom or somebody. But other than that, they kind of filter everything out. I set up these filters of what I can hand, what I can handle, what I can't handle. So I'm totally a believer. You just kind of sit them down and say, okay, this is a little bit scary to me. Can you turn down the volume? You know, if you're hearing stuff or just turn it off temporarily right now. Oh, that's good to know. And I think that's good for everyone to know because it can happen fast and it can really catch you off guard. (laughs) It's more of realizing that it's not just stuff happening to you. You have control over it. It's like, I think of it like abilities. You're fine tuning the spiritual gifts you already have. Mm -hmm. And some of them are awake now and some of them aren't, you know? Yeah. It's so true. And I think I love how you said how when we heal and we make space for that, more of them come online. And I think it's just such a testament to how important self-healing is, because I think one of my biggest frustrations with spirituality right now is so much of the focus is like open your third eye. And I was so guilty of this. And I talk about this all the time, but like I felt like I was thought that all like my spiritual connection would all come from opening my third eye. So I forced and forced and forced without doing any actual healing work. And once I actually put in the time to do the healing work, I also realized that the actual portal for all of my gifts was in my heart chakra and not my third eye. Uh, Yeah. Or for me, it's like my stomach. 
I can feel my stomach open and yeah. then my heart and then other stuff. Yeah, but I I I was under the impression that <laughs> it was just just all the the actual way to access all this. All you had to do was open your third eye. But no, there's actual hard, messy, uncomfortable work that has to come first. Yeah, another thing too is again, it's like that maybe it worked for that teacher or that person, but maybe that technique doesn't work for you. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's just kind of, that's why I kind of like to try different things or experiment to see, oh, wow, this really helps me or this technique doesn't, you know? Yeah. I, I agree so much with that. I love learning everything. And then I hold all the information in my back pocket and use it to just explore and do my own thing. And that's so true that like the people who are teaching and spreading light and showing you how to do things are doing it because it worked for them, but it might not work for you or be part of kind of like what your gifts need to awaken yeah everyone has these different types of abilities and helping them the biggest part of being a teacher is helping them to know what they what what is open right now and how to utilize it or to grow it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so what advice as we end would you give to anyone who wants to to step into these abilities or step into their ability to to access their akashic information or even their spirit team or all of those things that we know exist within the spiritual and higher dimensional realms but we might not have that trust to access at that moment what advice would you give to anyone listening who who wants to step into that power and that access today I think that um, going slow is important. A lot of people want to jump in, access things, and then bam, they're doing readings and they want to have a business. Mm. You need to, uh, it's like a can of worms. I've had people where they just kind of jumped in, opened up stuff, and then, uh uh-oh, all hell breaks loose. And they're like, Laurie, help me. I don't know what's going on. So I have to teach them how to like close down or open up or whatever. Go slow. And then work on your childhood, work on your inner child. And because those insecurities are going to come up and bite you in the butt Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to deal with them to get to the next level or have other things, other abilities open, because I wasn't always able to connect with animals. It was like I had to work through stages of my healing. And then all of a sudden that opened and I was like, wow, I can do this. Now, how do I use it? Mm. So that's, That's what I would say is go slow, take your time. And I would say kind of look around and do your research at teachers and see, do I resonate with them? Just don't go with the first person that comes along. You know, their style might work for other people. It may not work for you. So that's kind of what I say um, is to kind of go slow, hone it as a skill, you know, start with what, what is really active right now and then build off of that. Don't force or push because that can even cause you to close down. And then you're like, okay, what happened? Why am I not getting this information? I was getting everything before that, you know, whenever we push or force it, that those things can happen. We, un, we can build up some type of wall. Another thing about blocks and barriers, like people will contact me for readings, different types and say, I have a block or barrier. If you have that belief ingrained in you, it's hard to remove. You have to kind of, it's kind of like the law of attraction. You need to focus on, okay, all the blocks and barriers are leaving. I'm, an a, I'm able to 
um, be a clear channel or work through if emotional issues come out in the reading, they need to be dealt with. And then that some, most of the time that stuff leaves. And But your belief system about it and your belief, 